MSW Media. Thanks to Athletic Greens for supporting the Daily Beans. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, October 21st, 2022. Today, the 11th Circuit rules that Lindsey Graham must testify before the special grand jury in Fulton County. Liz Truss resigns as prime minister and the lettuce wins. Amy Coney Barrett rejects a Republican group in Wisconsin's lawsuit to block President Biden's student loan relief program. Donald is trying to assert privilege he doesn't have over documents that can't have it. Kelly Loeffler and Pat Cipollone have both testified in Fulton County a day after a trove of her text messages were released to the press. And the Pentagon seeks to reassure service members access to abortion. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hi, Dana. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, AG. I'm here in our nation's capital. Oh, yes, you are. You keep getting invited back to the White House. Are you going to move there? (laughs) Have you moved in? Is there room for you in the West Wing? No, no, it's that's kind of an old building and there's rats and stuff. So, oh, that's fair. No, no, I mean, no, I, I just come out here when they ask and um, spend the rest of my time in beautiful, sunny Southern California where we're actually having a heat wave. It's cold here, it's like 40 degrees here. I was oh, like, yeah, I was surprised. I was here a month ago and it was hot. I think you're in a polar vortex and we're in some sort of a heat wave. So, wow, oh, cool, that's normal. Yep, <sighs> um, it's a Chinese hoax. We, yes, <laughs> climate exactly, change right? isn't real mm, of course not and windmill cancer we just everyone vote uh speaking <laughs> speaking of voting the lettuce won liz truss has resigned amazing with a negative 70 rating based on her idiotic trickle-down economic plan uh let's listen to what larry kudlow had to say about her and kevin mccarthy's plan just over three weeks ago the u.s midterm elections cavalry arrived early in London. What do I mean by that? Well, the new British Prime Minister Liz Truss has laid out a terrific supply-side economic growth plan, which looks a lot like the basic thrust of Kevin McCarthy's commitment to America plan. Let's start with Truss. She is slashing tax rates and deregulating energy. I just love it. That's the liberal business media. This is so wonderful. The liberal business media, you know, I'm talking about is now trashing her plan. That tells me trust has it exactly right. Not sure how many times the Republican voters have to touch the stove before they learn it will burn them every single time. I mean, let them touch it. (laughs) And, you know, at this point, I'm like, let them touch it. If they don't know the stove's going to burn up at this point, this is fine. Just don't take up a hospital bed in the hospital. They're all singing it at karaoke. I touch my stove. Ow, fuck. I touch it again. Oh, shit. It, they just don't learn. They just no, never learn. They don't. All right. We have quite a bit of news. It was a pretty quiet day until the very end. So uh, let's get to it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Dana, text messages sent and received by former Senator Kelly Loeffler. You know, she's the one that was beat in Georgia on January 5th. These texts during the weeks leading up to the January 6th Capitol attack is raising questions about potentially unauthorized access to investigative material relevant to the probes 
of the 2020 election, although I don't think this is unauthorized access. I think that the, the lawyers handed this over. It's a 59-page log of 405 text messages. It was obtained by media organizations via an anonymous sender who declined to reveal more details about the source of the messages, though many were confirmed by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, who published a lot of them. The texts begin on November 8, 2020 and end February 3, 2021. Notably, the log of text was sent as a report from Celebrite. That is a service typically used by investigators to extract digital data from cell phones. The nature of the document suggests Leffler's phone may have been subpoenaed, otherwise provided to prosecutors or accessed as part of the defense-related activity in one of several ongoing investigations into the former guy. On January 1st, 2021, according to the log, Senator Ted Cruz texted Loeffler, got a sec to chat? It's not immediately clear what the two senators discussed on the phone, but later that evening, Cruz texted Loeffler a proposed statement on objecting to election results. Quote, accordingly, I, we intend to vote on January 6th to reject the electors as not regularly made and lawfully certified unless and until that emergency 10-day audit is complete. Remember how they wanted to delay it for 10 days? Yeah. Another message Leffler received on November 9th, 2020, that's a couple of days after Biden was announced the winner, and it's the same day she amplified claims of widespread anti-Trump voter fraud that later proved totally baseless and called for the resignation of Brad Raffensperger. The next set, the text came from Brad Raffensperger's wife, whoops, Trisha. Yeah. Quote, never did I think you were the kind of person to unleash such hate and fury on someone in political office of the same party. My family and I are being personally besieged by people threatening our lives because you didn't have the decency or good manners to come and talk to my husband with any questions you might have had. Instead, you have put us in the eye of the storm. That's what she texted Loeffler in a message authenticated by a person familiar with it. Unlike you, my husband is an honorable man with integrity to do the right thing. What kind of person are you that you would purposely do this? I am so disappointed. I thought you were better than that. You do not deserve to be in elected office. You are not worthy of the high calling of that position, period. Damn. Right? That is a sick burn from coming from a Republican. There were also a lot of texts from Jody Heiss and Marjorie Taylor Greene recruiting oh. Leffler to be one of the senators to object to the slate of electors in Georgia on January 6th. And Leffler was all set to do it, but she changed her mind last minute and refused to object to the Georgia slate after the attack on the Capitol. And, you know, when everybody reconvened and after she had been advised it would be wise if she wanted any kind of political future. Also out today in a related story, prosecutors in Georgia have secured grand jury testimony from her, Kelly Loeffler, and former White House counsel Patsy Baloney in their investigation into efforts to overturn the 2020 election results in Georgia. Their appearances had not yet been reported. And I, Dana, I think the timing of the release of the texts and followed by this information that she testified are probably coming from her team or somebody on some lawyer or somebody, a witness who testified to the grand jury. The Fulton County DA has said the information did not come from their office or from any prosecutors. It's probably, yeah, the call's coming from inside the house, inside <laughs> Kelly Loeffler's house. All right. Speaking of testifying before the Fulton D.A., let me quote from a decision from the conservative, mind you, 11th Circuit today. And this is a quote. The emergency motion by Senator Lindsey O. Graham to stay district court's order and enjoin select grand jury proceedings pending appeal is denied. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Senator Graham has failed to demonstrate that he is likely to succeed on the merits of his appeal or mm. any merits at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then it went on to say, 
Not everything a member of Congress may regularly do is a, quote, legislative act within the protections of the speech and or debate clause. The clause, quote, has not been extended beyond the legislative sphere. And the fact that senators generally perform certain acts in their official capacity as senators does not necessarily make all such acts legislative in nature, end quote. Yes, goes on to say, Senator Graham has failed to demonstrate that this approach will violate his rights under the speech and debate clause. Even assuming that the clause protects informal legislative investigations, the district court's approach ensures that Senator Graham will not be questioned about such investigations. As the court determined, there's a significant dispute about whether his phone calls with Georgia election officials were legislative investigations at all. Were you? Huh? Were you? Or was this for that guy you golf with? Now, he went on to continue to say the temporary stay of the district court's August 15, 2022 order demanding the case to the Superior Court of Fulton County for further proceedings as modified by the district court's September 1, 2022 order granting in part and denying in part the supplemental motion to squash is lifted. That means Lindsey Graham, bless their heart, has to testify. I bet that fainting couch is full right now. Oh, yes. Pearl clutching abound. Oh, so good. It's so good. And we have a new filing from the Justice Department. Not really a filing, but a letter to Judge Deary, a special master in the documents case. They say in this letter of the 15 documents in question here, the parties agree on the categorization of six of those and disagree as to the categorization of the remaining nine. Plaintiff Donald categorizes those nine documents as personal records, citing the Presidential Records Act, and a district court case. And he's trying to fucking assert executive privilege over his personal documents. Oh, good Lord. The government, on the other hand, categorizes these nine documents as presidential records. The nine documents are presidential records because, one, they're documentary material. Two, they're created or received by the president, the immediate staff, or a unit of the executive office of the president. Three, they're done in the course of conducting activities which relate to or have an effect upon carrying out the constitutional, statutory, or other official ceremonial duties of the president. That's all what the Presidential Record Act says is a presidential record. They go on to say, first, all nine documents are material. They're documentary material by definition. They're correspondence documents, paper, digital, analog, whatever. They're documents, right? So they meet the first criteria. They're documents. Second, they were last received by the president or a member of his staff or the office. And third, they were carried out in the course of his duties as president. Then Department of Justice goes on to tell us more about these nine documents which they didn't have to. So, ha ha ha. Six of the nine documents are clemency requests, pardon requests with supporting materials and relate to the president's power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. Those requests were received by Trump in his capacity as the official with the authority to grant reprieves and pardons, not his personal capacity. You can't be a personal regular dude and give people presidential pardons. (laughs) I mean, you can, they just don't hold any weight. I could tell you right now, you're pardoned, AJ. So are you. You are also. Thank you very much. Two of these nine documents relate to immigration initiatives and the president's powers under the Immigration and Nationality Act and other laws governing immigration and border control. Although the plaintiff claims that both immigration documents are personal and not presidential, he consistently also asserts executive privilege over both of them. An executive privilege applies to records of the president's constitutional, statutory, or other official duties <laughs> under the Presidential Records Act. Not personal records, <laughs> you fucking idiot. 
And the final of the nine documents is a printed email message from a person at one of the military academies addressed to the president in his official capacity about the academy's sports programs and its relationship to martial spirit. The message relates at a minimum to the ceremonial duties of the president, if not to his commander-in-chief powers, you know, as being in charge of the military. And the hilarious part is Donald wants, like I said, to assert executive privilege over these by calling them personal documents under the Presidential Records Act. And something that, the, uh, what, that I love that they're not even bringing up is anything you have a dispute about under the Presidential Records Act has to fucking be decided in the D.C. District Court, not Judge Cannon's South Florida fucking weird-ass court. So anyway, it's just, it's all bonkers. They don't even bring that up. But he wants to assert a privilege he doesn't have over documents that can't be subject to executive privilege, even if he won his argument that they were personal. It should be fun to read Deary's response because these documents, because they're being, you know, contested between the two parties, Deary gets to decide. So, Oh my so, God, he's going to be like, listen, you fuck. <laughs> pretty sure I know how this is going to go. He's going to be, I'm confounded. This is contradictory. <laughs> you know, that whole, that whole Judge Deary speak. You know, I'm, where's the beef? <laughs> oh, God. It's going to be good. It's so good. All right. Last story in this section. Aunt Lydia, otherwise known as Justice Amy Coney Barrett, on Thursday rejected a challenge. This is interesting. She actually rejected a challenge to President Biden's student debt relief program from a Taxpayers Association Wisconsin that said he had overstepped his authority in adopting the sweeping measure one that could cost the government hundreds of billions of dollars. Mm -mm. Now, Justice Barrett denied the association's challenge without comment, which is the court's custom in ruling on emergency applications. She acted on her own without referring the application to the full court, and she did not ask the administration for a response. Both of those moves were indications that the application was not on solid legal footing. Hmm. (laughs) Although she did not say so, Justice Barrett most likely rejected the application because the plaintiff The Brown County Taxpayers Association did not appear to have shown that it had suffered a direct injury that gave it standing to sue. Yeah, you can't like pre-sue for a possible future injury. You know, you have to kind of have show harm and then get relief. (laughs) They're dumb. Uh, Before we get to the good news, Dana, I have some good news of my own. Please share, share. As most of you know, I wrote an op-ed for The Washington Post this past May about the impact that overturning Roe would have on the military. It was very well written and very well read, meaning a lot of people got a hold of that. Thank you. Yeah. And and the Washington Post ended up putting it in its monthly editor's choice, editor's picks of um, author read essays. It says, here's what I wrote, and content warning and trigger warning, sexual assault and abortion. Overturning Roe could have disastrous consequences for the armed forces. Here's how I know. When I was 21, I was drugged and raped violently while serving in the military, a crime that resulted in pregnancy. Had I not had access to abortion, the assault would have ended my career and derailed my life. Should Roe be overturned and access to abortion restricted for service members across the United States, military readiness would be directly affected. Women make up 14.5% of our active duty military and about 18% of our reserve and National Guard. Rape in the military is prevalent. In 2018, the Defense Department reported roughly 20,500 service members experienced sexual assault, up from 14,900 two years earlier. Many states have trigger laws banning or criminalizing abortion that will go into effect as soon as Roe is overturned, a probable outcome considering the Supreme Court draft opinion that leaked earlier this month. This will immediately affect active duty service members who don't exactly get to choose what state they serve in 
and who don't have the freedom to travel to other states without a leave chit approved by the chain of command, a command that is notoriously bad at dealing with the aftermath of sexual assault. Of the 20,500 service members sexually assaulted in 2018, only a third reported their assault, and 43% of those who did said there was a negative experience. Military leaders are often averse to having sexual assault associated with their command, not to mention the rapist is often in the chain of command. This leads to situations in which it's unsafe to report rape, and if there's no safe space to report rape, there's certainly no safe space to request leave to travel for abortion care. Potential workarounds such as mail-order abortion medication would most likely be unfeasible. When I served, mail went through a chain of command, and there were inspections to prevent the receipt of contraband. Although I don't know whether abortion pills received through the mail today would be confiscated, I do know I never would have ordered them for fear of being caught and disciplined. When I tried to report my rape, I was asked the same question so many victims have heard before. What were you wearing? Were you flirting? Were you in a fight with your boyfriend? A higher-ranking officer told me I could lose my prestigious nuclear position. He said I'd be dishonorably discharged for filing a false report and could be court-martialed for adultery because my rapist was married. Quote, let's just chalk this up to what it was, he said. Bad judgment on your part. I left believing it was my fault, a lie that took over a decade of therapy to undo, and I was terrified to mention it to anyone. There was no morning after pill to prevent pregnancy back then, but when I discovered I was pregnant, I was able to access abortion care at a nearby Planned Parenthood off base, along with a counseling referral. The trauma from the rape almost cost me my life. Access to the care I received afterward saved me. Now imagine if I hadn't had that care. Imagine if multitudes of people in the military could not access such care. In a world without Roe, service members without ready access to abortion care would be trapped. A service member who is raped and becomes pregnant could essentially be forced by the government to carry their pregnancy to term and give birth to their rapist's baby. There are concrete steps U.S. officials can take now to help service members who might need to seek abortion care. First, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin should create a policy granting leave for reproductive health travel. And President Biden should call on the Defense Department to put that policy into practice. And today, from the New York Times... Hey, G, can I just say before you move on, mm-hmm. I think for a lot of the listeners as well as myself, that's the most I've heard of your story and especially you reading those words. And I just want to tell you that I love you. I'm so sorry that you had to experience this. And I'm so very proud of you for surviving it and writing this op-ed because you will probably save lives by doing it. So thank you. I'm very, very proud of you. Thank you. Do you know what happened today? Tell me. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin issued a directive today meant to reassure military service members that Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe would not leave troops without access to abortions in states where the procedure has been banned. The directive essentially tells commanders not to ask too many questions when women request leave for reproductive health care. It also tells Defense Department health care providers not to disclose reproductive health information to the chain of command unless such information poses a risk to the mission. And it advises the Pentagon to develop a program to support and reimburse Defense Department health care providers who are fined or targeted by states for providing abortions. Now, you can say what you want. I think the Beans listeners would agree with me. You had a massive hand, if not all of the hands, probably, in reaching him and, and having this happen. I could not be more proud of you. I'm so, so happy today. Good. This is going to have, it's going to mean so much to, um, our active duty service members. And thanks to the Washington Post for giving me a voice. Thanks to all of you for getting me to the point where the Washington Post would give me a voice. I just want everybody to know that your voice matters. 
And the more they try to silence it, the louder it can be. So don't forget that. We'll be right back with more good news after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, let's talk about something I use literally every day. I started taking athletic greens because I wanted more energy. I wanted an optimized immune system and I wanted to empty out the cabinet full of 25 million different supplements I had to take every morning. With just one delicious scoop of AG1 by Athletic Greens, you get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens, everything you need to start your day. The incredible blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, aging, immune system, energy, recovery focus, everything. It's all in there. And we want to thank Athletic Greens for their support. And they're offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. I brought my travel packs with me to DC. I absolutely love them. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. Otherwise, it's a waste. Plus, it costs you less than $3 a day, which is a fantastic bargain for health. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every morning. That's it. No need for that cabinet full of 20 million different supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you that free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and those five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash dailybeans to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, corrections, confessions, pod photos, pod pod photos, just pod photos. I mean, if you have photos of pods, we'll take those two at this point. Yeah, just like pee pods, just send them to us. Whatever pod, pod people, uh, podcast, just photos, just send them in. But actually, I meant pod pets. Uh, you can send those in too, especially if they're wearing costumes. That's the best. Oh, pets in costumes are the best. Halloween photos, your happy place. You want to give a shout out to somebody who you love in your life. I want to hear about it. Your whoobie stories, send babies. them into us. Babies, <laughs> babies, babies, frog orgies, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact and make sure you're registered to vote and make a plan. That's very important. Most people who have a voting plan end up voting. First up from Data Diva, pronoun she and her. Good news. I'm visiting my sister in Vietnam in a few months. Oh, that's so cool. Exact timing will depend on when I can actually get around to getting all the paperwork, like finding my old passport to get it renewed. She's been living there a few years, and I want to get a chance to visit while I have a place to stay for free. A local guide who will know where to go, speaks Vietnamese, and understands my humor. Plus, they have a cat. Way better than a hotel, which generally do not come complete with cats. <laughs> I always wanted to have like a, a ho kitten hotel where like for like a small fee, you could entertain a, a foster kitten for. for oh my evening. god! Stop it! I would take a foster kitten. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think <laughs> it would be great to have that. Uh, I'd take a kitten. Give me a kitten. I'm in a hotel right now. I wish I had a kitty. She's she goes on to say, I submit for Halloween my notorious RBG costume, both played by me and the cat. She's dressed as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. If anyone wants the same costume, they can get it from me at etsy.com/shop/data-diva-net in time for Halloween. I can make and send them out in time with priority shipping. As we get closer to the election, remember, campaign workers have likely not had a homemade meal in weeks and would love you to bring them one. Ask ahead for allergies. And while we love the leftover Halloween candy, some vitamins would also be good. <laughs> the day after the election or Thursday, there's often an office cleanup and coming with boxes 
and a vacuum cleaner is super helpful too. All great feedback. And the cat's adorable. The, okay. <laughs> the cat with the descent collar is the best. <laughs> I love it. And Data do you look great. I love your gavel. Totally. Thank you for that. All right. This is from Michelle, pronouns she and her. Greetings, AG and DG. I want to tell you about my amazing friend, Sydney Van Bulk. She introduced me to your show. So now I want to introduce her to you. After 12 years in the classroom, Sydney decided to step away in June. Like so many teachers, the policies and pay were just no longer something she could work with. But, and this is the good news part, instead of just finding a new path, she decided to try and be the change we need. Sydney is running for Charleston County School Board. CCSD in Charleston, South Carolina. The CCSD school board races have become highly competitive as dark money from privatization groups has been dumped into the races, gaining the attention of education advocates nationwide. Sydney worked in a school that was hurt by these groups, and she is doing everything she can to push back and protect Charleston County schools. Her advocacy and bravery inspire me. I'm so proud to know her. I'm including her campaign website for anyone who wants to check it out and for pet tax. I'm including a picture of Sydney's doodle and Lincoln playing at the beach and helping his mama campaign. Oh my God. And the website is Sydney for schools. That's S Y D N E Y Sydney for schools.com. Look at this doggo. So cute. Oh, look at the second picture. Oh, thank you for all your important work, Sydney. Um, I've talked to so many teachers who've just been quitting. And I think, I think MSW media is going to be having a podcast pretty soon about it too. So keep your eye out for that. And thanks, Michelle, for giving a shout out to Sydney Van Bulk. That's amazing. I hope she wins this race. Next up from Tanya, pronouns she and her. Hi, Beans Queens. Thanks so much for your daily dose of sanity and hilarity. One of our senior kitties recently passed away. We had no intention of getting another kitty so soon, but my husband found a ditch kitty while doing yard work and we couldn't give him up. I assume that's a cat found in a ditch. Pet tax pick of Pip. 15, and Butters, Ditch Kitty. We love him so much, and Pip is warming up. Can't wait. Oh, look it. Oh, That Ditch Kitty, a little ginger baby. So sweet. In the bee costume, too. Oh, my goodness. The last picture, so, so sweet. Oh, thank you for sending those in, and congratulations on your new family member. Love it. Oh, All right. oh. they also said, don't forget to vote blue. Can't wait to vote blue on November 8th. Indeed. All right. This is from Ange, pronoun she and her. It's an excellent idea to get squirrels to help carve your pumpkins. And it is peanut butter you put in pumpkins' holes. Sorry, to get squirrels to carve. <laughs> to get, oh, Jesus, to get squirrels to carve your jack o' lantern. They are delightful specimens you can see by Googling, quote, peanut butter pumpkin squirrel. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It really is good. That is a great pumpkin. Right? It's terrifying. It's terrifying. And you get to feed a squirrel. <gasps> Peanut butter. Thank you. Oh, my God. You're reading this last one, but I scrolled to the pictures. Oh, okay. Yeah. Look at that last one. I'm all, I, if I could jump through the computer and steal this puppy and run, I would do it. The, the oh, It looks like Tramp from... Okay. Let's read. <laughs> Stacy C. No pronouns given. You said you wouldn't call me that on air anymore. Go ahead. <laughs> You're a Don Ho. Uh, good day, my queens. I am so glad I found you too. I agree with every single thing you say. More importantly, how the fuck you say it. Listening to the pod is the very last thing I do at night. My reward for getting through the day without losing my mind. I really can't express how much it's helped me to know that I'm in very good company. For the last seven years, I felt like the town crier that everyone secretly feels is batshit crazy. 
Stacy, I know that feeling. I never backed down when warning folks that Trump was going to ruin our country. I believed he wouldn't leave office since that awful night he won the electoral count. I have lost lifelong friendships and didn't care. Anyway, I love you ladies. My pet tax, guess the breed, is my silly Tucker. The first dog I've ever raised since he was a puppy. He just turned one. Here he is from a puppy until now. Okay, so oh whatever breed Tramp is from Lady and the Tramp. Let's, it looks let's like listen. some sort of a wire terrier, but... Like a little Jack Russell and a... What breed? Oh my God. Is the baby's tr- perfect. From Lady and the Tramp. I was like, be very specific. What breed is Tramp? <laughs> a mixed breed of dog, a parent terrier ancestry. Terrier. With a knack for dodging dog catchers. God loves a terrier. He calls Lady Pidge, short for pigeon, which he calls her owing to her uh, naivete, because I guess pigeons are naive. Sure, sure, sure. I feel feel like pigeons are pretty street smart. Anyway, we're not going to. Okay. We're not going to. Moving on. Yep. The the issues underlying the underpinnings of Lady and the Tramp. But yeah, uh, I'm going to guess. Are there? There aren't any answers here, are there? No. No, it's just a, it's an adorable fucking puppy. It really is. is. And an adorable dog. I still want to see what comes up in your search engine when you put, what breed is Tramp? It just says a terrier mix. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Oh, just Tramp? Yeah. No, don't do it. Oh, God. She's going to do it. Here we go. What, what breed, breed is, is tramp? tramp? Just Tramp. Mixed breed dog. Okay. Larry Roberts says Tramp. All yeah. Right. No. Is Tramp a schnauzer? I mean. Schnauzers. Oh, yeah. Probably. I can see that. Uh, tramp is none other than a schnauzer, but don't be fooled. Okay, so there's apparently this is of of ha, has been of some debate for quite a while. Okay, all I know is they like pasta. Yes, they eat carbs. Yeah, they are carb dogs for real. They're carb dogs, and they think pigeons are stupid. Not stupid, naive. All right, that <laughs> is our show for today. <laughs> I just wanted to be clear. I think we lost it. The end. not stupid. We didn't mean stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry if there's any pigeons listening. We didn't mean stupid. Yeah, no. Uh, Well, I also didn't want uh, any naive people. Like myself, I am naive in many categories. Not necessarily stupid, just ignorant. And and, and so thank you all for sending these in. This has really um, lifted my spirits. It's been been an incredible day, you know, being here at the Capitol, um, having these changes made in the, in, you know, by the Pentagon. If we could just pass the Military Justice Improvement Act now, all my wildest dreams will come true. Uh, that and, you know, indicting a bunch of people and oh yeah, winning all the elections and, and all that stuff. So thank you so much for everything. All the listeners, seriously, totally incredible. Uh, everyone, Monday morning, uh, we'll, we have two amazing interviews. We have Ariel Elias, the comedian that got a beer hugged oh, out yeah. on stage. Oh, yeah. Well done. Yeah, her debut on Kimmel. He's bringing back comedy, live comedy to his show is, is Monday night. So Monday morning, we have an interview with her. And then also, I got to interview the Democratic candidate for the governor of Arkansas running against Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Hell yes. Chris Scott. So I'm very excited to talk to him, too. And we are running that interview on Monday because that's when early voting starts in Arkansas. And uh, we will have the headlines. I'll I'll read you the headlines before I get on a plane Sunday morning. So uh, I want you to know there'll be a little bit of news with swearing as well. It's going to be a great show. And then, Dana, you and I will be back in everybody's ears Tuesday on the beans. Sounds wonderful. Thanks, everybody, for everything. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Not today. 
All right, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And for God's sake, take someone with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>